You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. Welcome, David Hall. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, Donnie Spiker. Good afternoon, fellas. Welcome, Justin Pearson. Hey, friends. And Mackenzie Stevens. How's it going? On the show today, we'll check out a fantastic finish to the Porsche Super Cup Series race at the Nürburgring. We'll see why Daniel Morad thinks iRacing is the best of all the motorsports sims and see the real race reason why you shouldn't drink and drive. <laughs> That's right. And uh, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device as you listen to the show and for yourself and see all these topics and products we'll discuss today by visiting irishersland.com and selecting the show notes. So log on and we'll see you there. Let's open up, Brian, with the Porsche All-Star Racing. Yeah, so uh, as we mentioned in the introduction, um, the Porsche Tag Heuer um, Super Cup Series was at the Nürburgring, and as always, they start off with the All-Star Race. And Matt Malone, who's been put, posting these videos every week, it seems like that he races in these All-Star Races of him in some precarious positions and, and just having a blast when you're doing it. These are such fun videos to watch. He's uh, he's racing really hard with another driver, gets into the grass, tries to save it. He actually did save it, but uh, his videos are so entertaining and uh, it's so cool that they're taking part within that all-star uh, race se- series. I think the, the fun part of it too is they're talking to each other real time during the race uh, blah, 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 you know, totally talking like nonstop back and forth. They, they're, they're all streamers, all three of them. So they have their audiences and their streams, and then they're talking back and forth and you can see all three of them. And they're just ha- like you said, having a great time. All three of them are just grinning ear to ear. Uh, when Matt goes off, it's like a funny moment. Yeah, when you start calling this uh, opening segment the Matt Malone segment, it seems like we get him every week now. Are they using open channels for their their mics? Because that would be distracting after a while, having to hit that that button all the time. I would guess so. As in the you know, as as much as they're talking, they probably just have the put. You know, they don't have a push to talk. They just have an open mic, like you said. I like it. You know what? Well, I, I was just thinking. Um, I'm wondering. I wondered if um, they do this streaming during the race because they could, you know, Porsche. The the series might be like, you know, guys, can you post this after the race is over? Because we don't want to pull eyes away from our from our, um, you know, from an actual race stream. You know, um, I wonder if they do that next time. They next. Uh, I think this two weeks will be the next race for this series. I'm going to see if Matt Malone's streaming it during the race or if he posts it later. Yeah, you have to be careful with an open mic if you're uh, streaming your racing. I've had a problem with that in the past, actually, uh, where a family member uh, 
in a domestic situation kind of uh, made some noise. Uh, yeah, Brian remembers that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, use at your own risk, in other words. All right. Well, after the All-Stars ran, we had the pros go at it. Yeah, that's right. Um, first thing, um, before after the race is over, iRacing tweeting out tweeted out this uh, uh, this video. It's, it's titled uh, "Bush uh, Esports Super Cup Series." We have liftoff, and, and this is a really good camera shot of a low angle, right at the crest of a hill. These GT3 cars are coming up, and you can actually see them get air coming off the crest of this hill. It's a really impressive thing. And as far as the and, and the physics of it look dead on, and that's the, what I was really, um, really surprised at how well the physics looked. Um, it's a really cool thing to see. I have it frozen, a screenshot, and they're a good eight to 10 inches off the asphalt. The front wheels are. So I'm curious how that works the suspension over after a period of time. I better keep well, the wheels straight. They're not dropping eight or 10 inches. I mean, they're going so fast that it's coming down real smooth. I mean, they're at the one of the fastest parts of the track right there. You're full out in six gear, hammer down, and no lift. Yeah, but just because they have a lot of horizontal velocity, that doesn't mean you're not you're not moving velo- vertically as well. Uh, it's still going to bounce whether the car is going 100 miles an hour or zero. It'd be interesting to measure the the horizontal distance they cover as well as the vertical of the eight or 10 inches. Yeah, in, in the video, it looks like they're off the ground for quite a while and they're going fast. So I imagine it's a, it's a pretty good stretch of, of track that they're, they're on two wheels. I shamefully admit, I do not have the ring yet. I think I need to get that press. Got some credits in my account that I can pull the trigger on, but uh, I've never had a purpose. GT4 went there this week or last week. Can't remember. I didn't run it because I didn't own it, but I don't know. Just always hearing about the track since I was a kid. I think I should have it by now. It's epic. Um, it's so long. That's the, the key thing. And and the last part of it's this really, really, really long straight. Uh, there's even a couple turns where they have banking on around a sharp turn. And if you can throw it into this real sharp banking and twist around the corner. It's one of those tracks I bought and uh, I play around with. I, I don't think I've never raced on it, but... It's just like you know, a, uh, it's just like a track that you gotta have just just to have it. It's hard though. I mean, if you do try to race on it, Brian, you'll find out how bad you are as a driver because you can get so much speed there. Like the fast guys are four, five, six seconds faster than me. Like, and it's because the track is so long, you know, and there's so much time that can be made up, but. I always lose it coming up the hill. Like you got to have this big old hill and, and you have to keep your momentum up. And if you don't, you're just post. And, and if you don't turn, make the turns just right going up the hill, you're off the edge and off. Hi. So uh, we'll move on to the actual race itself. This is round eight of the Porsche Super Cup. There's only two races to go after this one. Um, and after a four-lap race, which always sounds really funny, it's a four-lap feature race, uh, Alexandro uh, Baiko nudges out Johan Harth in a really epic battle to win his first Porsche uh, Tag Heuer Super Cup feature win. Um it was, uh, you know, they were they were front bumper to nose to bumper coming in the last turn. They were making a little contact. Johan Harth tries to go around them, uh, and uh, he just didn't have enough track in the last straightaway to pull ahead. Uh, really close finish. It was like a four one hundredths of a second, I believe. And 
Yeah, four one hundredths of a second. That the finish was a really good finish. Uh, you don't see too many really um, neck and neck finishes in this series, but uh, after after four laps of Norberg, uh that's pretty impressive to have these two guys right on each other. Um, Maximilian Benecke actually finished third, so uh, it was a really good race for those guys. <clears throat> in the overall nice. series, uh, Jordan Caruso is uh, still still holding on to a very strong lead, almost a seventy point lead. Um, actually over a 70-point lead over Zach Campbell, Sebastian Job in third place. They posted a nice video of that finish you described, Brian. Going down that long straight I mentioned, uh, the two leaders swerving left, right, left, right, just trying to break the the uh, draft because the draft is such a big thing on that straight. And that brings it down to the right, the last few turns of the, of the racetrack to the checker. And uh, yeah, photo finish, but they end up turning each other right after the checker. Yeah, when when I first watched the video, I thought they wrecked too early before the line. And I was freaking out, but then he started cheering. I was like, "Oh, he won!" Yeah, I thought. The yeah, same thing. yeah, it was right after the line. Well, this next one is interesting. Uh, from the self-acclaimed Black Dell Jr., uh, former NFL player Bernard Pollard, he gets physical behind the wheel instead of on the gridiron. Um, and his tweet basically says, we wreck, I get it, just own it. I want hand-to-hand combat with the 20 right now. And this was this is pretty crazy. The 20 came in and just plowed him after the accident. Like at full, at pretty much at full speed, while Bernard was limping around at caution speed. Then Bernard got into another one where there wasn't any retaliation. But I'm I'm guessing, um, based on Bernard's tweet, it had to be retaliation. I didn't see who who he got involved with in the in the wreck at the beginning. Is he well, running NIS? I don't know. I haven't seen him. Actually, I don't see how this was with the with the twenty. Because he just got Bernard just got caught by a by a, a wrecking car in his first accident, so I, well, I, I, I get the hand to hand combat desire though. Looks well, like the twenty was that blue car, right in the beginning. Yeah, there's a lot of different video incidents in this video. Um, if you go through them all, you'll see that um, you know there's a common role here, and that's the twenty car. But yeah, uh, he gets turned uh, multiple times this race. Um, and it, it's kind of funny because we, we've seen him, how he was so excited about his first win. Um, let's go, let's go. You know, he just fired up. But, you know, on the other side of it is this, where you're just like, I'm ready to fight, you know, hand-to-hand combat, literally. And and you get so angry and you're so upset. You don't say anything. You don't even care. You know, it's just, oh, mad. It's like the old uh, wild world of sports thing, you know, the thrill of victory, agony defeat <laughs> in, re- in real, real time here. Yeah. I don't know why I'm always so enamored with this guy and his ability to stay with the service for so long after he got on. I'm just curious what his buddies, his NFL buddies must think of, of him and how he explains what he does. Because, um, I don't know, it's fascinating to me. Well, um, we have some other NFL uh, crossover in iRacing. Um, one of the long guys... Um, Owns the team, doesn't he? Owns a um, port, uh, cup team. He did. Yeah, he he stay, still might. But this guy, this guy posts and races. I feel like this guy races. It just seems like he might race every day, almost uh, for fun. So, yeah, it's just good to see. And you would think if he really had a passion for racing, like 
you figure his bank account would be big enough where he could do it if he really wanted to also. Oh, he's new to it too. Um, you know, he didn't know anything about, you know, racing before just a couple of years ago, but it, he's all in. I mean, he, he's, he bought a really nice PC. He's got triples. He got a nice uh, cockpit and everything. So yeah, he's all in. Yeah. And he's been an ambassador to uh, NASCAR too. He's appeared on, um, he's affiliated with, um, with uh, Dale Jr. and the bump doer, bump clear guy, I talk about talking to him every once in a while. So um, you know, he's he's made some friends in the in the biz. He's big with Ally as well. Yes. Uh, Mike, you ever spear your drink while you're racing? Well, I got my coffee here, but no, I'm trying not to spill that. But um, someone who did spill his beer was Steel Horse Live on the TikTok. Uh, he shows the downside of drinking and sim driving, and he's got a mechanic Coors, I think, and uh, he's in a truck race at Tally, and uh, yeah, there's a big wreck up ahead as they're coming to the line, and caution comes out, and he's trying to make his way through there, and somebody gets him, and oh, the whole beard turns sideways as the wheel gets twisted, and dang, you guys spilled my beer. I would say he spilled his beer. Right. I know he's holding his beer against his wheel with his, in his left hand, the long neck bottle. <laughs> and when the wheel jerks, you know, it just turns the beer upside down. And it was kind of funny, but I've never seen anybody driving with a beer can in their hand while holding, while holding the steering wheel. Have you ever watched that guy's stream? I see it almost every night. He goes live on TikTok um, under Steel Horse Live. So I don't usually stick around and watch it, but I, uh, yeah, I see it. I like him. He's, he's really authentic. Yeah, he's, he's a fun follow. So check him out on the TikTok uh, and get a good laugh. Kind of fun to watch him spill his beer. All right. This next one isn't terribly surprising because I, I follow the sports cars a little bit more, especially listening to uh, the, um, are into the apex friends apex apex friends and um this news is that audi is pulling out of the customer racing division after 2023 and that includes the uh the dtm and other gt3 categories with the r8 lms and basically effectively in america they were already completely gone according to tyler so i guess are they doing this on the europe side as well is that what you've seen uh donnie you know, I'm not sure. Uh, it makes sense now because, you know what, um, watching SRO, I don't really, you know, now it's just making sense. I don't really see them. I just wonder if they're going to stop making the R8 altogether as a production car, period. So the forum post that we have on this basically says Audi is ending all other category of racing to basically pursue Formula One. So that'll include the Europe side, and they had already left America. So let's just go ahead and ditch the uh, Audi and put a different GT3 now on the IMSA server. Yeah, if it's on the way out, why not? So do you guys think that they'll take the Audi off iRacing then? That's what I just. No, but we can only. We, I mean, we can only have so many cars in a in a race, right? It's what's the max eight. So, yeah, there's going to be some cars sitting on the sidelines. And, uh, yeah, so they have to pick and choose which ones to run. Yeah, they might keep it free to drive, but it, it will definitely probably leave official series in place of something that's going to be an official. Yeah, they're not listed on SRO no more. I'm looking up right now. 
So I'm going to rename this next title, Brian. It probably should be Sim Lessons from Streamers for Streamers, right? Yeah, so uh, this actually came from uh, Anthony Alfredo, who uh, we all know is a real-life driver, but uh, is heavy into iRacing. He's a streamer and um, does all kinds of fun stuff with iRacing. Well, he's going to be teaching uh, all right, Phase Blaze, I'm going to say it. I'm not sure, um, but uh, how to sim race on iRacing. So Phase Blaze is apparently like a real high-end um, sim uh, esports guy, not not racing, but uh, other video game esport uh, um, person who's who's very well accomplished. And he, and uh, Alfredo is going to teach him the ins and outs of iRacing. Yeah, there's a two-hour video up on the Twitch where you can watch. It was uh, actually three days ago. Phase Blaze, I guess, is part of the Phase Clan, and they're like really famous for being good in Call of Duty. I think. Yeah, it's Call of Duty. He yeah, has, he's he, he's a pro Warzone player. It says he has 1.7 million followers on Twitter. Hmm. I knew he was famous in some way. I just don't really know who he is. Pretty cool though. Um, you know, more eyeballs onto sim racing. Yeah, it's cool. Also, I'm always curious how these guys um, translate, how quick they pick up things like sim racing, if it's not something that they normally do, you know, because obviously they're very, very um, hand-eye coordinated, very talented, that kind of thing. How well does that translate over to uh, learning how to sim race? You know, um, I, I remember we did one of these before with a, with a guy who tried it, who was like a, um, an esports fella. And uh, he was kind of a wreck on the track. He was like a, not not very uh his racecraft left much to be desired so if this guy takes it serious you know i think he'll probably have a lot better uh results than the last last fellow that we looked at but i'm always curious how well that translates to somebody who's really not into sim racing how will they pick it up with with a deep background like he has in other gaming platforms if you look at yeah, his uh, be a neat watch if you look at his twitter profile his like background picture he's Got a picture of his sim, and he's he's running i racing. All right, he's committed. To, he's got triples. So, all right, I mean, Mac. Oh, sorry. Take it. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, must be nice to play video games for a living. Maybe, but sometimes I wonder if that would take the joy out of it. True. Though, if I if I got the opportunity to just perform instead of teach, I'd take it. For sure. Well, either, either way, it beats going down a, a mine shaft with a flashlight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was uh, moving us on to the next topic. Uh, Mac, I'll throw this one to you. Why it's the best sim racing, or the, the um, Rusty, why it's the best sim right now? Yeah, so Daniel Morad put out just a short YouTube video here. Uh, basically, he just says that iRacing is the best sim right now because uh, the brake model is the most accurate. It most accurately simulates real uh, real racing. So he says that's the huge difference between this sim and all the other ones right now. Oh, okay. I can, I can buy that. Um, I wonder how much, I mean, you got to remember, he has those active pedals from Cube as well. I mean, which are probably the best pedals you know, at the at the moment, well, we know they're the most expensive. Let's call it that. The most unique, <laughs> too. You know, it's yeah, the most unique. And, and the it's biggest. cutting edge, new tech, that kind of thing. So, 
yeah, I'm sure he's really into the brakes and how they feel because of the product he's running. And uh, it's neat that he can compare these, you know, a set of course, uh, iRacing, you know, all the big ones, and, and then say, hey, iRacing is the one that feels the best. That, I mean, that's cool to hear. Yeah, that, it was. He talked about a little bit about how, um, you know, if if in the sim you can just mash the pedal and there's no repercussions for from mashing the brake pedal, um, that really kind of evens out the playing field for for drivers. Whereas if you really have to um, work the work the brake pedal. Um, like you do in iRacing more than the other games and or the other Sims at least, um, that really cha changes. It really separates the talent of ability of the driver. So you know you you'll really see the guys who can control a car better when when that braking is um, under a better braking model like iRacing has. And I can see why that meet why uh, having hydraulic pedals has been such a big difference maker for me. On, especially on road courses, but even in the ovals. All right, uh, Justin, the next thing we've got covers some stuff with, uh, looks like North Wilkesboro. Yeah, there's a tweet here from North Works, Wilkesboro Speedway uh, saying, from the virtual world to reality, three years ago today, it was just a dream. Next week, we're back for real, y'all. And this is cool. I can't wait to see this track. I think this was a little before my time. Yeah, I never saw a race there. Not even on I TV? Uh-uh. I didn't really actually start watching NASCAR until the 2000s. Oh, wow. Okay. I uh, I think it's cool that, you know, they went there to with a purpose of scanning it for iRacing. That was the goal. But then it turned into something else. I mean, you know, I think the re they realized, wow, I mean, we could go back racing here. And it's so neat to see... After three years, boom, here we go. Next week, the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series is headed there. Uh, it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to um, to it. And, and it's neat that iRacing, you know, was an integral part of bringing them back to the series. Yeah, it's cool. I remember the first podcast I think Dale Jr. did on it. They were talking about a plane flight he did with uh, Steve Myers about how, what, what it would take and how it would convince and how we needed to convince them to do it. And, and it just, the progression from there was awesome. And then we get this, uh, virtual race into the future three years ago. That didn't make any sense, but you know what I mean? Um, this is actually, I, this might not be the race, but it was around this time where, um, cause I've been hearing about iRacing for years, but this is when I actually got to see it, um, for what it was. And this is what got the ball rolling because about a month later, I had my rig in the, in the setup. Nice. So while we're talking about it, uh, next week is All-Star Week. So NIS is off, right? Which opens up Wednesday and Friday. Um, I will just go ahead and announce, expect, look for an announcement for us for some kind of community race on Friday. Don't know what it'll be yet. Either Tony or I will throw something together. Um, we may do something that's kind of serious or we may do something absolutely silly. That's like multi-class oval with no damage and no cautions or something. Checking my calendar. Yeah. I'm still bummed out. I was going to save for closing arguments, but where's our freaking, uh, I racing special event for the all-star weekend for this track. I mean, it only would have made sense. We could have had some kind of heat format. Um, it's kind of crazy that we're not getting it, but it is what it is. But hopefully, if we do create something, we can create something pretty good. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a missed opportunity too, Donnie. I think that should have been done. Now, it's packed in a pretty off. busy part of the month as well. I mean, they just had the Nürburgring 24-hour race, right? Or that may still be coming up actually online. That's this weekend, yeah. Yeah. So that that I know all the that that's just coming up. Um, Majors just had their Indy 500. Well, no, sorry, Speedway 500, and um, it's we're not too far from Le Mans either, which the Majors is also doing. So I mean, you know, we could host something like that. But uh, I think just doing something kind of fun on Friday will be interesting. All right. So you, since you mentioned where is uh, since we're talking about new stuff, kind of sort of, the next thing up is a thread with the season three rumor mill. All right, Mike, you can hit the highlights on this one. Yeah, confirmed. We have the uh, Ligier LMP3 implied. We have Willow Springs Motorsports Park. Uh, major dirt oval dynamic track updates are coming. Um, um, dirt late models um, get the new damage model. Dirt oval mirrorless mirrorless mode enabled for hosted races. Short oval dynamic track updates, and so that is. Uh, and then the maybes are Kern County Raceway Park, both oval and dirt. Anderson Speedway. And um, Myers hinted at another LMDH GTP vehicle coming. We've seen the iRacing art director catch take pictures of an Acura ARX06 at Sebring. Cadillac drivers hinting that iRacing is close to including the LMDH. Porsche driver tagged iRacing while teasing a livery for the 963 LMDH. And it goes into more rumors from there. Uh, the Pontiac Grand Prix for the 87s. Dale Jr. talked about that a long time ago. The Micro 600 CCs, they were scanned in September. And then work in progress and teasers, rain, 3D grass, the 2D to 3D catch fence generator tire model updates. And we're going to stop there. What so do you guys think? What are you so excited for? So by this list, we have one confirmed item, which is the LMP3. Um, and that's it so far? Yep. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about the Anderson Speedway uh, track because that's uh, probably maybe an hour from my house, just down the highway. Uh, when I was younger, there's an Anderson horse race track just down the road. And I'd hear those cars when Grandpa would race his horses. So I heard it all the time. I don't know if I said it out loud, but I'm looking forward to Gen 4 updates. And we pretty much know rain's not coming in the next build. They they pretty much said that already. So we'll hold our breath for that one. I do see that on the rumor list. A lot of uh, talk about different LMDHs possibly coming in. The GTP class, you mean? Is that what they call it? Well, if you're in America, it's GTP. If you're in Europe, it's LMDH. I see. Okay. It's the same class. It just depends on which series you're running. Oh, wow. This one's interesting. Uh, I was just trying to use ChatGTP earlier to find some information on uh, integrating some music hardware, uh, and it didn't succeed. It kept going in the same direction. So, But the next question is, can GTP or can ChatGTP make a setup? What do you think, Brian? Oh, you would think so. I mean, and if 
all the the amount of data that you can get from iRacing, um, and if you keep testing things out and it's analyzing everything, and and I don't see why it can't. I haven't watched the video, so I don't know what their conclusion was or if they gave it a shot yet. But um, I mean, why not? I got to watch it. Does and, it uh, does it import any of the actual engineering data? Does it like know how to read MoTeC? No, 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 no. He's typing everything. Well, what's interesting in is this guy. He, it's 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 uncanny how it works. Actually, I mean, it almost can make a setup. I mean, he tells it, "Look, I'm making a setup for the Delara, you know, IR18," and ChatGPT knows like. Oh, well, the camber can only be, you know, two degrees to seven degrees or whatever. And it knows that, uh, you know, what the tire pressure should be in the left fronts, you know, at this type of track. And it knows, you know, all the specifics, like it knows the minimum and the maximum of what a particular setting is on the car in the setup. But when he tries to force the chat GPT to pick, you know, he has a hard time to get it to narrow it down. So the guy does a really good job of, of phrasing the questions to get the answers he's looking for. Um, but sometimes he's having to, at, he's trying to, he has to help the chat GPT along. Like uh, it'll give him a range and he'll say, okay, I'm going to pick something in the middle of the range, you know, and then move on to the next thing. And uncannily, it actually works to a degree. Now, he went out and drove it, and, you know, it's not fast or anything, but it was also entertaining because he had the circus music kind of going in the background. Um, and and I was entertained, you know, listening to the how he phrased the questions, and, and then he had the chat GPT talking back to him. You know, it sounded like a robot and and it would spit out you know blah 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 about the Dolara IR eighteen and you know specific setup stuff. It was cool. I've never the, messed ever with Chat GPT. Um, I I've, I hear about it. I hear everybody talk about it, but no idea what it is. Um, I, is it just a website we go to? I'm over on OpenAI.com. Is that where you get it from? It. Okay. Yeah, you have to log in. Or you can go to Bing actually, and get you have to use Microsoft Edge. But you can you it's literally the uh, it belongs to Microsoft now, so it's integrated with Bing. Interesting, but I, I can now we're gonna have man. If this does work, and eventually, obviously, technology and stuff in, enhances throughout time, I can one hundred percent see us having our imaginary friend crew chief now with us. That's not quite imaginary. Actually, working and tuning on our car. Look, I, I recommend watching the video. Um, if anything, it'll teach you a lot about how chat GTP works. Like a lots of times he'll ask, he'll phrase the question and not get the right answer. And he has to like work to that, work it to that place, ask it other questions, give it more information. Um, and, and so like one time the chat GPD wouldn't, you know, spit out the result that he was hoping for on a particular setup thing. And so he's like, okay, I need to go a different direction. I'm going to give it some more information about the track and the conditions and this and that. And once he did, then the chat GPT decided, okay, I'm going to give you the value now. And here it is. Fascinating. And, and, you know, as time goes, like Donnie alluded to, these things will get smarter and smarter and, and people will beef them up or whatever, you know, enhance them. 
uh, and, and sure enough, I, it's not going to be long now before we have some really neat tools with this that are integrated into iRacing. And we've already talked about Pit Girl with the automated video recap, uh, as well as the automated stream manager. Um, lots of neat stuff out there with the AI. We're getting closer and closer to that movie, Her, with Joaquin Phoenix. Either that or Terminator. I'll go with her. iRobot. Nothing that's going to kill me. Blade Runner. War games. <laughs> Do you want to play a sim, Dave? You have to be pretty old to know what that is. What is it? Oh. That's, that was a movie, oh. Red Dawn. Are you serious, Justin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's hilarious. Make sure you watch the original Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze. You know, David, and your beard there is kind of gray. You know that, right? Oh, yes, I'm old. In case, I, in case you didn't know, I've, I've kind of figured it out. All right. What might be older, I don't know how long it's been around, is the Motorland Aragon track. And we already talked about it, I think, in the in the build thread but here's a tweet with with showing some track data temperature data on a on, on a picture of it it's kind of half track data and half regular graphic yeah i feel like i know a lot of the racetracks around the world but this one uh yeah no idea yeah me neither when i heard it i'm like what is this now this is different this is actually a brand new announcement that did, wasn't on the list that we covered earlier. Um, so this just came out in the last couple of days. It's on the list and confirmed for a future build. Oh, I see. They must have added it. What I mean is when I first looked at that build thread, it wasn't in the list, I don't think. But he added it since this announcement, probably. Yeah, probably. It's somewhere in Spain, I guess. You think this will be a free track? No. Why would it be? I don't know, like Rudskoggin was, and I think it's free. I don't know. You're right. That was a new track that was free. I'm just no, curious because I don't expect it to be. I'll look at. I'm not sure. Um, obviously, it's going to be popular to the Europeans and whatnot. They, they're going to know about it, but uh, not on the radar of us over here for the most part. Yeah, it's um over three miles long. They don't usually make tracks that long free. I'm trying to see who races there. It looks like it's the MotoGP, like a motorcycle race deal. Kind of like um, Jerez. We got some karting going on. So it's an active uh, racing facility. Well, this seems to be the neat, the newest uh, thing that we keep coming up on just now that we've covered almost every week for the last few weeks. And it's another arcade. This one's specifically for F1, though, rather than any sim racing, I guess. Okay, yeah. Adam Stern tweeted, the new F1 arcade bar restaurant and arcade will launch in the u.s market in early 2024 in boston boston is the uh home of iRacing too i'm just curious what now you guys have been motorsport fans a long time um we've watched formula one a long time this new fad with the drive to survive and and we saw it this weekend in miami where uh it's just a little ridiculous the cost of everything People are really just going there to be there. How is this supposed to last? I mean, maybe it will. It just looks too, I don't know, just looks too uh, bougie. Is that the right word? Too F1. I mean, 
I was seeing reports at the Miami race of a collared t-shirt was $300. A regular t-shirt or a hat was like $90. I just think they're setting themselves up for a potential disappointment in the future because, I mean, once the fan actually buys their $300 shirt, their $100 hat, their $5,000 ticket, their you know, $7,000 weekend, and then they want to think about going next year, and they're like, holy crap, that was a expensive and the race sucked so i mean how long does that continue it'll be interesting to see um i like the you know more places doing simulators you know kind of thing but yeah this is very f1 specific i wonder how much that would cost to entertain yourself there for dinner and racing dinner drinks and racing it's probably going to be on the codemasters uh they got it titled right arcade game because it's basically what it is so yeah i'm sure people will do it and have fun it's not a small place either it's sixteen thousand square feet now it's at the boston seaport which is a very uh you know touristy 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 area where the tourists and whatnot go and people go to eat out that kind of thing Boston is definitely one of the larger markets. Oh, man. The third comment down on the tweet is, uh, will there be safe spaces to watch Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, take us on to the uh, patch two or patch five release notes. Yeah, iRacing just released their patch notes, and I haven't really went through too many of them yet. What do you guys like from it? Well, the the biggest thing they worked on was the um, uh, some security upgrades for because the Electron application network is upgrading now. Electron runs a lot of third party apps, like I know uh, Sim Racing apps uses Electron in the background, so that it it had a lot of upgrades to keep it compatible with that. That's probably the most notable thing. Yeah, little fixes, uh, you know, that aren't really worth mentioning. But that's what uh, patches are for. Yep, I, I logged in last night. Uh, I think 10 minutes to spare for the race, and uh, I saw the updates, and then I saw the group chat. David said there's updates, and I went into a tiny little panic, but everything worked out. Nothing really, no hiccups. Pro tip, no, that... I, learned, I, I learned this a while back. Um, if you log on late and have to update, click only required. Do not do the, don't select all, because it'll usually be a little bit smaller that way. Yeah, that's why we get on early, Mike. That's why we get on and we don't just jump in before the race. We got to get our updates done and make sure all our, our things are working. I've missed races due to not being able to update in time when it was like a major update. Me too. My very first race with you guys when I just hopped in, that happened to me. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Well, I don't remember seeing an announcement for this one. Oh, so the, the system message I'm seeing now is the Nürburgring race. I just, in the corner of my eye, see the orange alert, and I just assume that's an update, but no, it's for the Nürburgring race. Yeah, they'll be shutting down regular registration on the website during that. All right, we can move on to events now. Uh, Brian, uh, you well, actually, let me pass this one to Donnie, because Donnie, you're also running majors with me. So tell us a little bit about the majors 24. Yeah, the Majors 24 will be run in Le Mans. You guys just uh, wrapped up the Speedway 500 in the the jet car. 
But yeah, the Majors 24 is back. The third annual edition will go green on January 3rd, 2023. As sim racers, we believe the 24 hours of Le Mans should be a celebration of the masses, not a super exclusive race for just a tiny few. With the mindset we created, the Majors 24, which last year saw nearly 600 teams and 3,000 drivers, and that's from the Majors website. Uh, so what do you got going on, David? What team are you going to be running on? Right now, I've got, we've got like two guys who want to run LMDH. I'm kind of waiting for the the uh, mad sim guys to place me with a group we'll see some of the a lot of their teams their lmdh teams are already established so we'll see if it comes together or not what's a, what is a little bit different with this one is if you're in the majors it will not apply to points so it's not a points race um and you're not using i guess the regular in in-house credits majors credits to pay for this either i don't think so it's 40 dollars per team no matter how many players you have on the team. Um, yeah, so I'd like to run the LMDH or the Ferrari GTE. I, I, I would take either one of those. Their challenge coin for the, the, the prizes for the top split winners is is pretty cool. It's a French-themed flag uh, coin. And on the back, it has the guy running like they used to do old school, run from the pit box to the car, hop in, not buckle up because they're taking off, and they buckle up somewhere down the down the course later on. But uh that's probably why they don't get to run to the car anymore. That's cool. I know some of the upper splits are live stewarded with with randomly selected cautions that will happen, and they they'll do it where they get the cars lined up in the right classes. Because when you uh, when you go to caution in in multi class, they actually separate the classes every time they re rack them, and iRacing won't do that. So if you're going to really do cautions with a multi-class, you almost have to do it with a real-life pace car instead of throwing the yellow. Now, how many laps will they run under yellow there? Because that's a five, eight-mile track? Um, I would assume probably two is all it takes to, to – I've never watched, I guess, enough of the real one to, to see what, how long it takes to clear a yellow. I'm trying to think if they do four full courses there, if they do bring out it, they would have to bring out a safety car if they needed it. Yeah, I'm curious. I'll be paying attention this year. Another thing that they had really nice going on even last time, even with uh, they don't have a hundred percent live stewarding for everything, but they have somebody logged into every server and you can file protests during the race. And when they get a chance, they go through and look at it. And will assign drive-throughs or other penalties. So you, you, David, uh, Tom, teammate Tom, and Greg run this. I run the first two events of the year. Um, it's not that bad. It's what ten or fifteen dollars per race, and it's one race a month. A little, a little less than ten, yeah. A little less than ten, um, and it's fantastic. I had little personal reasons in Daytona, but I, I should have, uh, should have just thought better of it and kept running because it sounded like the, the modified race was a lot of fun. Watching you guys race Indy was, was pretty cool. Looking at the car was a little odd. That was a little off putting a, a little bit, but I wish I was, I would have been out there. Yeah. The racing was fun. My result was not, I just personally choked in qualifying and then personally choked on the track. And we already mentioned it as well. Mike, the Nuremberg number green 24 is coming up this weekend. Yeah, final reminder, um, man, a lot of people on the forums trying to group up into teams. The forums are just crazy uh, right now trying to make those final arrangements. But, uh, yeah, and then be aware that the website is going down 
for the weekend uh, while they run this event. And you can only register for events through the AI or the UI, I should say, the beta UI. Podcast housekeeping, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us. Mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out. We do appreciate it. You may be open again to entertaining, adding a new person to the team, someone who can be on the podcast recordings Thursdays, 6.45 p.m. Eastern, and of course, race NASCAR with us as Team Tafosi. If you think you are that person, hit me up on the side for an interview. Check out our Discord, get involved, and the website for the site, uh, for the uh, show notes. And we're in regular rotation at the Performance Motorsports Network. All right, Brian, Real NASCAR was at Kansas this weekend. Yeah, that's right. It was a, it's a good race. It was a lot of fun to watch. You know, there was a lot of, obviously there was a lot of um, controversy all race long and, you know, uh, a really close finish with the, uh, some controversy in the finish, but what wasn't controversial was that was Lumpy 68 was the winner of the week uh, with uh, 230, 226 points with uh, Boozers Motorsports finished second. KTC TIC finished third. Uh, so we got uh, Iris and Mason finished seventh. Um, as far as uh, Tafosi guys go, we got Tyler Williamson uh, finishing 10th place. And Mackenzie finished 13th. Not bad. Stephen Lou Allen, 16th place. So uh, not too bad for uh, for Tafosi. Uh, you, you missed one. Yeah, it's 14th. I feel sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. I feel sorry. sorry. I forgot. No, I know. It's a, it's a funny one. Yeah. It's it's the first time I've been in even in the top fifty in three weeks, so I'll I guess I'll take it. Ty Gibbs kind of screwed me in this one. Same yeah, here. Me too. I had Ty Gibbs. Yeah. Wait, how do you feel when you when you? It didn't happen this week, but I, I wasn't around the last two weeks. It's how do you feel when you, when you put the guy in the garage that wrecks out, and then the guy you just pulled in wrecks out like you know five laps later. Yep, or you pull a guy because he's running like crap, and then the guy you pull from the garage, put in your lineup, then wrecks, and you're, I don't know, is what it is, but it uh, makes it a little bit more fun. I almost wish we, because you have, man, you have to spend too much time paying attention to it, and um, kind of wish they wouldn't do it that way, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It, it provides yeah. more more engagement. It does, it does, but I wouldn't want to be checking my phone so much during a race. Especially this one. This one was actually well. I've I've liked the majority of the races this year, but this one was fantastic. It wasn't too bad because uh, different lines on the track, right? I mean, you got to admit that you know the racing has kind of been up and down this year, but this is up. This is an up race. It all comes down to the, to whether the tires wear out or not. It was a good tire, so hopefully Darlington. Darlington was pretty good in this car last year. So I'm expecting a good race. And I think we're going to roll into North Wilkesboro, and I heard their fall off is pretty crazy. So hopefully we get three good ones in a row. And then then Charlotte. That was probably the best race of the year, in my opinion, the 600-miler. So we might have a four-week stretch the whole month of May. Then we got Indy. This is spectacular. Indy Road? 
Indy Road. Then we got the 500. It's great. And we got that boring race in the morning before all that. But, you know. That really high-speed parade? Qualifying there is fun. So, during the race, I was telling you guys, or maybe it was after the race, when we got into that fight, we had the watermelon boy versus the, uh, what did I call him? The bowl cut boy. The bowl cut boy. There you go. Title idea. Bowl cut boy. Anyway, about, I mean, about what do you guys watermelons? think about that? Uh, you know, with, with Ross Chastain, the watermelon boy, uh, basically standing his ground. I was a little impressed. Um, I guess I'm more of a Ross Chastain fan than I was last week. What do you guys think? Well, he's a farmer and Noah is a son of a rich guy. So, I mean, well, if you're judging it on the instant, I think Noah overreacted. I think he still had a little bit of room. He just got a little gun shy. Well, I understand it was a, an accumulation of things and this might've been just like the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But they, they did have Chastain needs some. Yeah, but who's going to come at him now? Well, you, I mean, if, I mean, you're going to be, you're going to have to be ready to throw hands. He's probably, not going to win a yeah. championship. I'll tell you that. He finished second last year. He came close. No, that's what I thought last year. Nobody's going to let him win, but nobody stopped him. It's interesting. I was oh. listening to his interview on the McAfee show before I came on here, and he was talking about the SMT data with Noah Gregson during that incident and just prior to, and he said, reading the data, Noah was driving especially hard when he was around him on that outside line than he was any other time during the race during that line. So he was potentially driving over his head, trying to keep up with Ross. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Bull Cut Boy, you know, approached him and did that because the rest of those guys are pussies, honestly. And, and it's, it's been too long. Nobody has come and put Ross into his place, even though he's been pushing people around, you know, for a couple seasons now. Um, kudos to Bull Cut Boy. If that security guard didn't react so quick, I think the result would have been a lot different. A lot different. Media. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Ross has some, he'll play, he'll, he'll talk humble, but to have the mindset to grab somebody's arm, cause in, in a fight, in any kind of fight, in any situation in real life, hands are the most dangerous thing that you have to keep your eyes on. And he knew to neutralize Ross's right hand or sorry, Noah's right hand. And to me, he's got some kind of knowledge of fighting and uh, I don't know. Um, the other thing I'll say about that video of the fight the the crew members the 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 nascar officials the people that are there to protect their drivers they stood back and let it happen they didn't like you know all in everybody dog pile they let the punch get thrown uh of course nascar security stood there and 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 stopped the second punch but uh, kudos again to the, 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 you know, the tire changer or the Jack guy or whoever it is that escorts their driver, you know, after the race to make sure they're safe. Um, they did exactly what they were supposed to do and stay out of it. And notice in the background sitting next to Joey was uh, Joey's pit member. He's that really big boy that got in trouble for, I think, pulling on Denny a couple years ago. I thought of him during that whole scuffle. I just, he was just walking around in the background and I just, for whatever reason, thought of him, but, uh, yeah, that, to your point, my crew members get in the way sometimes, and this time they didn't. 
I like what Chase Elliott said afterwards, you know. Someone's got to do it. And it will never be Chase. Well, well you're... Uh, when I, found I was going to say years ago... Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say years ago. I mean, all the crew members would be, uh, like I said, dogpile in for sure. Um, and so things are different now. I think the, they've got the message. You need to stay out of it. I'd love to see Chase try to fight Ross. The thing I found the, the, the most ballsy and hilarious was Ross went right back to doing his radio interview afterwards. I was listening on the radio. The fight happens. And then he comes back to the radio guy and just finishes his interview. Unfazed. Like, no, uh, nothing in his voice. Nothing. Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit eMetroFord.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, it's time for some hardware software presented by Metro Ford of Chicago. First thing up, we have some IMB simware, which includes gloves, shoes, and socks. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, one of our listeners uh, hit us up on this and said, hey, don't forget these guys. And yeah, I mean, if you're looking for the full-on glove, they have some nice choices. Uh, ones that cut off at the wrist, they have the longer ones that go down over the wrist. And then sim racing shoes and socks. And the shoes are impressive, uh, to say the least, the way they look. Um, maybe a little bit too much overdone. But they give me that impression of the um, Asetek shoe that I've, I've fallen in love with. If I had bought an Asetek base, man, I would have bought those shoes. They're nice. I'm just lazy and don't want to have to lace up every time I want to go race as much as I race. So my, my, my slip-on weightlifter shoes work just fine. Now, are these gloves like, are they you go on and you basically send them what you want them to look like? Not sure. Cause yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at them and like, they all look the same. And then it's one of the things is tell us in as much detail as possible, what you'd like. And then there's a section to like upload your logos and stuff. Ooh. Yeah. I'm looking at the product on their website and there's a, there's a spot where it says first name, surname. So all the, all the product has a spot for your name, your number and your, and your logo. All right. It's time to get a set of iRacing gloves. Then we need I it. Mean, iRacer pass iRacing podcast. Yeah, we need something. Not that windbreak or not that uh, down vest, though. We don't need a down vest. <laughs> I'm a, my gloves, I'm all about fingerless gloves. Um, I don't see the point of wearing on a full-on glove, especially ones that goes down over the wrist. Like, you know, we don't need them to be fireproof, guys. Yeah, I mean, you really only need them if you need it to help with a grip or to help with not wearing out your wheel. And I don't really have, I don't have particularly sweaty hands and don't have a problem with, with my wheels wearing out. So I go without them. I get sweaty I've, hands, I've worn so them. I wear gloves. Yeah, I've worn them just to save the wheel, basically, was my point of wearing them. Um, I could probably do without, but I'm used to them now, so. Yeah, just the feeling without it feels goofy. You'd have to retrain my... I'd have to retrain my brain to make it feel right. Right. My wheel on my 
Logitech is also kind of like it's kind of slippery. So I like having the gloves for that extra grip. All right, Brian. Next up, we have the Simline 720 GT3 or 720S GT3 wheel. Yeah, this was a uh, review done by Sim Racing Enthusiast, and he reviews this Sim Simline uh, wheel. It's a it's a pretty uh, basic looking wheel, but um, he was actually really uh, impressed by the quality of it. So his first impressions it was it wasn't a real long video, um, but uh, yeah, he was he was all about it. He thought it was a, a real good uh, quality for for um, what he had there. Very basic, no no uh, LCD screens or anything like that. You know, just uh, some. Uh, uh, an array of buttons on the thumbs and uh and a couple turn knobs yeah, looks I'm like on, it's really wide too yeah, i'm on the website and it essentially starts off as a basic wheel and then you build it uh, based on what you want um, so it's an interesting idea this price is a little odd so i'm going to google it but it's uh 2682 zt yeah not not sure what country that is oh it's polish the zot uh, on the uh, bottom left there, you can pick U.S. dollar, and then it changes to $642. Not a, not a bad price. Now, the Simline, or excuse me, the S20S, this is a carbon copy of the McLaren rim, the real McLaren rim that's uh, for the S20S McLaren. So it's like a, a replica. But like you said, Donnie, you can pick all these different um, options, USB or wireless, shifters, adapter, the finish, and so forth. Do you want a funky switch, carbon fiber, yes or no, stickers, you know, so forth. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I like the look of it. I mean, it, it uh, but it's got the right price. And the video review, the guy... He liked it, but uh, I haven't seen this guy review anything before, so I really don't have any context. Um, so we'll be watching this guy's videos going forward and see what we think. But it's got that McLaren orange, you know, printed on it. And so if you like McLaren, this is your wheel. All right, I'm going to cut this out. Do you really want to cover this next one? It's literally about a car that you buy in a set of Corsa. Are you sure? Well, Are you sure? the thing the thing that was cool about it, uh, I didn't put it in here or anything, but it actually models the Gomez Hyperwheel inside the car, which I thought was pretty interesting. Right, but it's not hardware. It's literally all a set of courses. Correct. Yes, it's oh, all a set of courses, car, cars. Yeah, it's cars no, you buy for AC. Okay. I'll punch it out. So in-game, you would see the Gomez wheel? Correct. But yeah, it's it's strictly AC. It's nothing to do with iRacing. All right, so I'll cut this little part out. I'm just going to bring up the next one. This next one just might tempt me if I ever decide I don't like the GT anymore. The Varro Aero VR is now available for 300 off of its whatever, like 3000 that it is it costing total. Yep. Spring campaign, um, $300 off, either euros or dollars. If you buy the arrow, uh, this is available through May 24th only. Order now. 1990, excluding tax. So 1990 bucks. That's with the discount, right? Yes. So it's like 22 something. And that does. And I wonder if this has anything, right? Or the, the light posts that it has to use? The light bases now include any of that. Yep. What's a light base? 
some VRs like have, it, have an infrared beacon that it watches to track. Yeah, there's a it's a camera basically that that mon that um, monitors your head and um, models where your head's moving based on the cameras watching your headset. That's called that's what's known as uh, outside in tracking, as opposed to inside out tracking, where there's cameras actually attached to the headset and it's and the, the movement is based on the cameras built into the headset. So this is an outside in type of a VR headset. Uh, like the HP Reverb has the cameras attached to it so you don't have to have base stations like this one does. Um, so yeah, so that that's the difference we're looking at. And that's different than the upside down. I don't know. <laughs> Talking about a uh, stranger things. Sure. <laughs> I'm wondering if this uh, discount doesn't have anything to do with the Pi the Pimax crystal that's coming out soon. That's um, supposedly just got as just as good a display, maybe even better, but for a cheaper price than the uh, Vero. Yeah, we talked about the crystal last week. Uh, somebody in iRacing has been testing it, and he liked it. So I didn't mention this back when, at when, but I was in Daytona when I was in line at the little BMW Sim. Uh, display that they had set up with a rig where you where you can run Daytona there on their on their rigs. The, the guy in front of me was running a had VR he was an iRacer as well and he had sold his Pimax because it was just too heavy and went back to a G two. Yeah that that was probably the the older the other Pimax uh, that were really big. The newer Pimax uh, face goggles not quite as wide um, they're not going for that super wide FOV anymore, so they're they're it's a little smaller the new one. Um, a lot of videos I've been watching about the the new crystal on uh, MRTV. They they've posted quite a bit about it. Um, now for uh, the the um, the base stations, I think for sim racing you would only need one. You don't need two like you would need it in other games where you're moving around because you don't have to triangulate between two light towers in your headset. So typically you only have to buy one base station for sim racing. All right. The title on the thumbnail of this next video is interesting. I, I guess this guy is saying that, that this is the wheel that Fanatec should have. Is that what he's saying, Mike? Yeah. A nice F1 wheel with a display that is uh, affordable and, and uh, durable, and uh, this wheel meets all those uh, specs according to Boosted Media, Will Ford. Uh, he did a, a, a video on this wheel. Um, he liked it. Um, it has adapters to mount it to basically every wheelbase out there, including Fanatec. Um, our, our listener, Tim Perry, actually showed off his uh, new Leo X wheel today in Discord that he just got. And I was asking him how the, how it works on a Fanatec base, and he, he basically said they have an emulator in the QR, uh, so he doesn't have to buy the, the that gigantic uh, Podium Hub uh, QR, which is loose anyway. So... Quality uh, was good. Uh, Will Ford had a, a lot of good things to say about it. Um, he wishes it was a little bit wider, I think, uh, was one thing that was mentioned. It was a little bit small. It's only 275 millimeters, I believe. Right. And 
what was let me look at the price it was uh 594 yeah 594 and it's got a screen you know so it, it's very affordable and the Fanatec quick release is 116 i think the podium hub is 199 so you're saving a little bit of money there so out the door maybe 750 at the most with the hub or with the qr and um but you know, this is kind of a Gomez knockoff. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. I mean, it's got all the, the bright colors, you know, the display, the the fancy knobs. For $100 more, I, I did buy a Gomez. But no display, right? Oh, yeah, no display. I'm sorry. Right. So this is a display. Um, it's Bluetooth, but you have to wire it to USB to power the display. So even though the functionality is via Bluetooth to the computer, um, you still wire it, and the connector is one of those screw-on connectors. Leoxz, L-E-O-X-Z. All right, Mackenzie. Next up, we have the we have a rig review. Um, one second. I don't see the rig review here. It's a triple forty-two inch four K build. We review the rig based on the picture. Yeah, I see. I just had to. It, I just had to reload the screen. It wasn't there yet. Yeah. So uh, Nathan Burley, he shows how he built his triple uh, forty-two inch four K uh, setup, and it looks really good with triple forty twos. The screens look bright. They do look yeah, bright. They, but it's I guess that. I guess that would be something you could just turn the brightness down and put, put it how you want, really. Well, it wasn't a complaint. I, th I think it's pretty neat how, how they pop. Sun's probably out. Yeah. Hey, Mike, so that's that uh, ASR Pro, ASR 6 Pro with the, the smooth side panels. And he's got motion mounted to it. Do you think it's mounted underneath on the side rail? How do you think he's got it in there? Yeah, that's a good point. And he's got, and the, I... he's got stuff mounted. He's got the, the safety or the, gosh, I can't think, the, um, the safety switch mounted to the side as well. Yeah, I see that. Um, and so there must be a way to mount to that uh, smooth surface, which we kind of assumed you couldn't. But boy, you know what? When I saw this, I was like, whoa, this is a clean looking setup. And uh, it, I'm kind of kicking myself for not doing something like this. I mean, if you're not going to do integrated mounts and you're going to do a standalone ma uh, monitor setup, Man, I, I, I love the size of these. I mean, I think this is the, maybe the new sweet spot for me. I mean, th this is uh, amazing. Now, the cost was something uh, a little bit out of range. I forget how much these uh, monitors are. I'm going to look them up. Looks like a Gomez wheel. 1400 each. He's got Henskin build Ultimate Pluses down there. That's awesome. Those are my pedals. Now, what size are your monitors, Justin, on your standalone setup? 32s. I got the Dell 32s, 2Ks. So what do you think about if you stepped up to this size? Would it be better? I don't know if that would be a, a touch too big. Like the one guy, Will, from Australia that does all the reviews, he's got that huge setup. And I think that's way too big, way too overkill. And I like 32s, but 42s may give it the real car size view, if that makes sense. I like it. I mean, because 
they're so big you can get them further away from you and he literally has the center monitor behind the wheelbase you know well behind it but it makes sense because of the size of it and then it's and then it goes down below the wheelbase as well because you have so much vertical fov because of the size of the screen but man i'm having second thoughts about that asr pro it looks so nice i mean it looks clean uh what a and it's that bright green i mean i love the color choice uh sparko seat to go with it you know and then oh wow you know eight thousand dollar d box too yeah, he, he definitely didn't cheap out on this rig, that's for sure. Impressive. Well, Justin, have you ever tried to run a league? No, not yet. Uh, iRacing's got a post. iRace is a Discord-based management tool that offers an extensive feature to set to help you manage your iRacing league more efficiently and effectively with iRace you can track your league stats across all leagues your drivers participate in view season graphs for star power and consistent metrics and access race graphs for driver driver's lap consistently and individual driver lap time comparisons you can also view season driver team and club standings track league history and filter all stats by groups wow this does a lot guys ios app sounds like they, that irising should get this guy to work on the ui well the first commenter was david tucker and he said looking good or looks good sorry so is this made by discord then no some it- guy Oh, okay. Because it uses like uh, when you click on go on to the iRace website, you like log in with Discord. Well, I think he's using some Discord technology to present the visually of what he's presenting. Because if you go to the other link of his website, he gives a it's a sample of the data of how it looks like. Yeah, and then in the top right corner, it's got your to log into Discord. So that's why I thought. That's why I thought maybe it was with, oh, no, you can just link them together by the looks of it. Yeah, be neat. Um, on, the, on the website where he has the examples, you can click through the results, the graphs, the clubs, the teams, the drivers, and uh, look at all kinds of information. Now, this is iRacing official is what I'm looking at because I'm looking at the breakdown of what he has for the series, and it's F3 2022 Season 4 and then so on and so on. And when you look under club results, it's all iRacing clubs. So is this keeping track of iRacing, official iRacing? I think it is. I mean, these are official clubs. Yeah. It is a free app, so maybe I'll try it. I don't think he has an Android version. It does does say it's designed for iPad specifically. I guess I'm out then. All right, well, let's trek on over to the next topic. Um... Justin, we got a rig review. Yeah, Carl Gosling reviews the Trek Formula Racing Cockpit. And from what I watched in this video, it's got a lot of flex to it. And that's kind of when I'm out. I'm particular on that. Just by the thumbnail, looks like there'd be a lot of flex to it. It is extremely, extremely low content on the um, aluminum. The seat is looks uncomfortable to me i mean it's just a piece of metal and he's got a foam pad that fits on it 
and the pad looks nice and all, but it just doesn't look comfortable. How often do the pedal plates mount to the uprights? And if the uprights are slanted backwards, it just seems like a weak spot. Right. Everything's pivoting off that point, basically. Yeah, and that looks like where most of the flex is in the video. No, Carl did say that uh, he was pretty comfortable in it. He was uh, actually happy with the comfort. Uh, but those pads on the on the seat come off real easy. So when he would work his way out of it, the pads kept coming off. And there was, it didn't, didn't attach real well. So he thought maybe like some Velcro or something to hold him in place might, might work. But um, yeah, so other than that, um, he was a little worried about the price being a little higher than what he would have thought this, uh, this rig would be. What was the price? Uh, it was like eleven hundred, I think. It was over a thousand. Yeah, I'm looking now. That's that's strange. But like just cockpit or wheelbase. Eight twenty two, excluding that. Does that come with an iRacing membership? That's without the seat. Oh no, that's with the seat. I'm sorry, that is with the seat. My track racer cockpit was like seven hundred and. 80 bucks and it's solid yeah you can get now, an asr4 for a little bit more than that now trek t-r-e-q they're i forget what country they're out of but they're in europe and they do have a a, a proper 80 20 cockpit called the trek ace at 599 euros we've talked about them before about that but this is a new offering this formula rig and uh so yeah well, and we've got one last Formula Rig, Mike, uh, from Imzio. Yeah, this is the Imzio 2, uh, their new version of their Formula Sim Rig. And uh, yeah, this is night and day from the last one we just talked about. Um, the design, it looks a lot sturdier. Now, we don't have a video to compare, but... Um, I love the design. Most uh, 80-20 style cockpits have a, a rectangular base, as I call it, that the seat and everything mounts to. Well, this one, it, it's rectangle, but it's got an upper and lower section. It, it kind of zigzags in the middle, I guess is the way to describe it. Yeah, it's that's only really applicable in, in a formula-style seat, right? Because it, it's, it's leaned back. Those, those pedals are at your head level. So I would like this for a companion uh, rig, but looking at the hardware here, it doesn't look super complicated. Something you could buy the 8020 yourself. Uh, but Mike, would a badass set of hydraulics mounted to that seat slider work? Boy, I don't know. It's a great idea Man. to adjust the, the length of your, your feet, but I'm just curious how, how well it's going to work over time. Yeah. Looks like just a slider you would use for like a car seat. Yeah, yeah it's a seat like. slider. Yeah. But we're putting a couple hundred pounds of pressure on our pedals over time and I don't know, it may work. I, I like it. I like the design. But again, like David's saying, it's built for a specific car, so this would have to be a companion piece for me. Oh, right, seat, we're moving. Well, I'm not sure the seat seat really slides. It's screwed down. It's the, the slot's just for adjustment. This, yeah, no, it doesn't. But the, you see the seat slider for the pedal plate. Yeah, the pedals move. But are they the pedals designed to be this. readily movable or just or just adjustable? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. There's actual there's actual hand or there's the yeah. foot pedal there. 
probably helps you get in and out, but I'm just curious about the wear and tear over time. Will that keep its uh, strength? I don't, I don't see what the point would be at all other than adjusting the position. Yeah. I can't get in this. If the pedals are in the proper spot, I wouldn't be able to climb in. I'd have to have the pedals back and then slide them to me. Hmm. Now I'm thinking about it. How would I get in this and how would I get out? I'd have to crawl out, flop my body onto the carpet and then do a push up off the floor. <laughs> yeah. Getting yeah, out of that thing would be a problem for me. If you're older, you might have to like put it on a, a one or two foot platform. Get it, get a hydraulic, get a hydraulic platform that raises it up so you can get in and then it drops back to the ground just so you get the, get that realistic feel. All right. So, all right, that's it for hardware. Results. Let's talk NASCAR iRacing Series Friday open at Kansas. Wow, I made a good move forward uh, for about the first eight laps of the race, and then I got disconnected from the internet. Once I got came back, I was six laps down. Pissed, uh, upset with my Verizon 5G home. But I've been doing research and uh, figured out I'm gonna try something different. And what I did was after this race, I uh, reconfigured the 5G home so it's not a dummy router and it's its own router. And I ditched my router and this used it how it's designed to be used. And guess what? I haven't been disconnected since I've done that, not even once in um, at all. And so I think I've actually fixed my internet issue. So uh, not happy to you know have a disconnect but uh, hopefully, knock on wood, it's the last one for now. Tony Rochette, P8, sucked at Q, put me in the middle of trashy, wobbly cars that wanted to wreck in front of me and had nowhere to go. But with a 49-second meatball and almost five minutes optional, I just plucked away and got it fixed and made a charge for the front, just not enough to get more P8. Donnie, P7, P5. Yeah, I think my son was one of those trashy wobbly cars. I actually had to go in there and tell him to get out of Tony's way. Um, I finished P5. I had that rare two-stop uh, that actually paid off for once on the long green flag runs we had. I uh, finished P5. I think it's my first top five in a while, actually. But Kansas was fun. I enjoyed it. I had to run the middle lane, though. I couldn't run high, couldn't run real low. But it was overall, it was good. All right, and another P5, Justin. Yeah, I believe I was in the race with you, Mike. Uh, one caution real early, uh, it went green. That was the longest green flag run I think I ran so far. Just worked my way up slowly but surely. All right, and then David, P27, top split. Yeah, this one had a little bit of controversy with it. I was running around 20th most, for the most part. There were some late uh, cautions where I started gaining spots here. And then on the last start, um, a car right in front of me wiggles. So I move to the outside because I'm going to have a run on them. Then a car on the outside either turns down or gets loose and starts coming down. And I react and turn left, you know, pretty instantly. And before I have a chance to realize I should lift or not turn down far enough, I hit the person on the inside and it, it ruined both of our races took took me and, and that person out um we had a long argument afterwards and the person was just swearing up down that i better say on the show 
oh, I just wrecked him. And it's not that I just wrecked him. I wasn't even, I mean, I was racing for positions, but it was a matter of, I saw a car coming at me and I'm, and, and I immediately reacted. Right. And could I have lifted? Maybe could I have done a better job of evading it. Maybe. Um, I've got a replay that I posted in chat later where I succeeded in evading. Sometimes you, you, you evade correctly. Sometimes you miss. I hated that I took the person out. I respect the driver. I feel bad about it. I apologize. They got pretty mouthy with me, but it's heat of the moment. And uh, we, we raced clean around each other Wednesday night at, or at one of the A opens actually at, at Darlington. So felt bad about taking the person out, but it wasn't that I was just trying to squeeze somebody or just wreck them. I, I was reacting to, to avoiding a car up high and didn't have time to lift. So it was not a hundred percent. I just wrecked somebody. I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. All right. Sunday open Tony Rochette P2 still suck at Q almost same result as Friday with trashy drivers and smashing my nose on a spinning car but on just 30 seconds optional was fast on the long run restarted third for the final green white checker and got second and probably could have got the dub if we had more laughs but it isn't that always the case P2 nice run uh, David a P29 yeah, uh, we had long green flag runs on this one to begin with, and I was up to like P5 or P8 or something, was one doing real well. And then as Costa started, everything that could go wrong did. I had a guy bounce off the wall and knock me off the track. Um, and really, I was already getting a little bit loose and it made a couple of mistakes before I got, got back to him. So the car, had I had lost the handle on the car. Uh, then we had another restart and there's a stack up where everybody gets sandwiched and I, I get spun out. I have no idea who hit me or who I hit. You know, it's just one of those stacks. And then on a second restart, I got meatballed in a stack up because they just, they just stopped and I hit the guy so hard, they gave me a meatball. And yeah, it's just been that kind of year. Sunday fixed, I had a did not start. I wanted to run. I turned on the computer 30 minutes early before the race and no video no video all four monitors black just black as can be um i restarted 20 30 times the computer trying to figure out what to do um and i missed the start of the race basically um i was pissed i eventually fixed it by unplugging and plugging my cables into the back of the video card and some sequence of that brought it back and had to set up the NVIDIA surround again, but I was got it back and uh, up and running. Justin, you ran uh, P6. Yeah, Mike. Um, it wasn't too long green flag runs, probably around 20-ish laps. Started 19th. I just ran a clean race. Had real good restarts and nailed my pit stops and just kept gaining little by little. All right, let's move to the lady in black, Darlington, Wednesday open, P5. Had a good run going until I had a video blackout on me on the backstretch during green flags. It came back about two seconds later, and somehow, some way, I didn't wreck. I think I just turned the wheel a little to the left. I was coming off two, and when it went black, by the time it came back, I was in turn three. Um, somehow it didn't wreck. I uh, did lose some track position. It happened um, three or four times. Um, 
but it, it didn't really mess me up too much in the race. Um, eventually it stopped and I worked my way forward. Now when it stopped, I, I didn't have a fourth monitor. I only had the three and my ambient lighting hardware went completely down. Uh, all my, uh, my lights were turned off and everything was dark in the room, but I soldiered on, um, Anyway, I got turned on the backstretch at one point after working my way forward. Um, this guy was drifting up and up and we were going down the backstretch and I'm right against the wall and he just turns into me. Anyway, uh, after that, I just keep moving forward and got up to a top five. Now my uh, teammate, Tom Dryling, who I'm racing for the championship, he's in the same split as me and he got a P2. So yeah, I'm not gonna win it when he's getting P2 and I'm getting P5. But congratulations to Tom, uh, great run. Donnie, P4. Yeah, I noticed Tom uh, got ahead of you in points there, but however, that other fellow ran a race and now he's ahead of both you guys. So you guys are back to two and three. I, I snuck into the top 10 after this race. Uh, P4, Darlington was fun. I actually probably had a, a 12th place car. I got lucky. I stayed out. Uh, I think uh, we got our first caution round lap 68, maybe 69. And I was able to stay on tires and we trapped a lot of guys a lap down. That actually happened twice. Uh, they tried to two stop the next run to the, to the flag, but uh, we ended up having a caution after 50 laps. So I stayed out for that one too. And I ended up, we ended up trapping some more cars down. So P P four, uh, back to back top fives. I think I'm 10th. I'm a couple hundred points away from you guys still, but a lot higher than I thought I'd be. All right. Nice run. David, P11. Yeah, I didn't feel great about the speed here. Um, I guess I kind of crept up late in late runs. Just just mid-pack. It's just not, I'm not terribly fast here until we get on lap 50 or lap 60 when the tires are just falling off everybody else. Then I start catching a bunch of people. But if we, have, we only run a 40-lap run, I just can't make much headway. But uh, it's still not a terrible finish. Now, Joe Owen ran with us. I don't remember how he finished, but it was his first uh, NIS race with his new G5 uh, motion seat thing, uh, as well as his D-Box. And uh, I asked him how it felt when he got his Darlington stripe, and uh, he said he could feel it for sure. But uh, that was fun running with Joe. Tyler Williamson got a P22. He said, ran my first ever NIS at the Lady in Black. She was a major challenge, no doubt. Many stripes on the car, but finished with a 4X. Tagged the wall off too hard and damaged the right front. Had to pit with 30 to go under green. Was running 15th when it happened. Fun racing with the team. Justin, P10. Yeah, went on another green flag run there at the end, 60 laps. Uh, it was just getting tight. I was just trying to keep speed and keep her off the walls there at the end. But uh, I was pretty proud of the run. All right, Thursday open, I ran P11. I actually had a good run going. I ran as high as second. I was running third when I actually got ran over from behind. Uh, going into turn three, heavy damage. I limped it home to P11. I'm just slow getting into three. I always find myself locking the brakes, uh, trying to get in there harder than I should. And I was just trying to, you know, take it easy getting in there. And this guy just, he didn't even hit the brakes at all. I don't even know how he thought he was gonna make the corner, but uh, pretty frustrating, um, you know, when I'm trying to win a race. 
All right, moving on to other racing. I ran IndyCar in Old Michigan, P2, uh, hosted Chris McGuire. This was my first uh, race attempt after reconfiguring my internet, and so a great test. Then I ran Gen 4 at Talladega. Whoa, this is my bread and butter, guys. P2, I actually ran top 10 most of the race. I took the lead with 17 to go on the last run. I ended up in the top lane, uh, three wide as we came down to the end of the last lap. I moved to the middle, but the guy dodged out on the straight and barely got by me right at the end. I missed it like by a foot. So I was pumped, you know, and so I ran the very next race, like 20 minutes later. I was hunting for the win. I was leading with 10 to go. It was three wide most of the race on this one. Uh, I was the middle lane, first car. Uh, the guy in the bottom, he actually bobbles bumps me i save it but then he hits the apron after the bobble and wipes out the whole field i uh went from second to dead last tuesday night i ran the sprint car at concord in the sof race started uh 12 out of 16 in the bottom split i finished p6 great run tons of heavy hitters in this top split field uh the strength of field was 4700 in a two-split race, the top split was 4,700. P.J. Sturgio was in the room. I haven't heard that name in a long time. He's a former Coke driver and a former Porsche driver. Um, the other thing about the sprint car at Concord, my arms were aching. I couldn't believe how my arms felt after running that car at full horse feedback. Concord is a unique track. It's like a corkscrew. It almost always feels like you're going downhill, downhill. And I'm like, wait, don't we have to go uphill to go downhill again? But uh, yeah, I digress. Uh, Tuesday night, I also ran the A-car open at Darlington uh, as practice. I started 19th, a bunch of early cautions. Half of us uh, pit uh, at lap 20, the other stayed out. We went green 35 laps. After that, I ended up P4 at that point, started in the top five, worked myself up to P2 with a restart with four to go, got wrecked trying to take second from third, ended up P14. Uh, I was just, yeah, I was trying too hard. I probably should have just took what I could get. Donnie, how about Rallycraw? Yeah, I ran my first rally uh, race in probably two years. Ended up finishing uh, P3. Forgot why I liked it so much. It was a lot of fun. Um, and the modifieds at Stafford, uh, P6. I'm probably all Gen 4 the rest of the weekend. I didn't have enough time this week to run it, but uh, watching your videos, my boy ran it. That uh, looks like a lot of fun. Doesn't look as bumpy as Daytona was. Yeah, it's classic restrictor plate racing. Um, if you're good at restrictor plates, you're going to do good there. David, how about TCRs at Knock Hill? Um, that was quite a while ago. Oh, that's an old yes. one? All right, yeah. uh, Brian. How about the OBRL Cup? Are you not? Uh, yeah. So, uh, sorry. Hang on. I ran Indy Cup a while back. If you're looking at majors, oh, that's what Just we didn't change the, the title. Script. Okay, we didn't. We didn't change the title. It's actually Indy. We, we ran the Speedway 500 this weekend. Sorry, Brian. Um, and so that that is what I did in the major series, and it, it was PDNF. I failed to, com to complete knockout qualifying. Uh, 
So I went to second split, started on the pole and that. I ran well at first, but I had a car check up mid-corner that I think was a lap car. He just he just kind of stopped right in the middle of the corner. And I just and it's basically we've been flat out most of those corners. And I just tapped him just enough to make my car real tight and go sliding up the corner. Uh, and I killed the car, used up my fast pair. And then later, just trying to get back to the lead pack, self-spun. Uh, yeah, I was watching your broadcast, at least until your first wreck. Uh, you were mixing it up in the top three, and they were calling your name out quite a bit. But it looks like the draft was a way over drastic. It was. It was definitely a big, big factor. You couldn't really defend first place unless the guy just wanted to stay behind you. All right, then Brian, OBRL, go. Yeah, so uh, we were at Kansas. I, I totally screwed up on my qualifying and started 34th. Uh, but uh, I had some good runs there. I was making my way up through the field. Um, towards the end of the race, I was actually uh, fighting for a P5 with eight laps to go. And when an incident, uh, I got uh, involved in an incident that hit my uh, incident limit, which is eight. So, you know, I had an earlier incident where uh, somebody crashed in front of me and I checked up and somebody got to the back of me, which didn't really hurt my car, but it gave me the first four incident points. And uh, with eight laps to go, I got my last eight and I got DQ'd. So uh, that dropped me down to P28. So a little upsetting because I had a really good run going uh, in that race. But, uh, you know, things happen when you're racing hard for positions and, uh, you know, laps are winding down and uh, it's, it's racing. All right, let's jump to final thoughts then. Brian McCubbin. Yeah, not a whole lot new going on. Uh, it was good to be back on the show after a couple misses because uh, it's just been so busy lately. But uh, it's really nice to be back on. Um, i got a Mother's Day coming up, so uh, wish everybody a happy Mother's Day who's out there listening. And uh, we'll go from Marion. Uh, looking forward to the uh, All-Star Weekend and uh and north wilkesboro uh making its re return to nascar looking forward to all that stuff all right very good david hall final thoughts keep an ear out for if we end up doing uh some kind of special hosted event on friday we'll try to have information up by wednesday so that people can kind of plan for it um if you can hear it my voice is pretty messed up again in fact last week i didn't come on the show because i had no voice uh I've been fighting a chronic cough issue pretty much all year, and I'm seeing a specialist now to try to knock it out, but still haven't yet. So it's just been killing my throat, but it is what it is. Uh, other than that, everything's kind of going okay. We'll just see if we can keep playing through the season. All right, Donnie Spiker, final thoughts? Yeah, not, not much. Back to the grind of, of work every day, unfortunately, but... I guess that pays the bills. I only got to run four races this week, but hopefully next week I can run more. But this weekend, I just want to run the crap out of that Gen 4 at Talladega and just try to have some fun. Yeah, I think I might even run that tonight, some the Gen 4 at Talladega, to try to get some IR. Um, I might as well farm it. You know, if I don't get wrecked, I'm going to finish in the top five pretty much. So, yeah, let's do it. Dustin Pearson, final thought. I don't have much, Mike. Uh, just trying to figure out Darlington. This is my first time on this new rig on there. It, it's actually easier than what I remember because I think I got the right gear now. I got a little bit more control of my car. So just trying to get good finishes. Yep, keep hacking at it. Mackenzie Stevens, final thoughts. 
Yeah, yeah. I was away all last week, so I didn't get to race. And then I didn't get to race NIS on Wednesday either. So I'm hoping to run it tomorrow night and hopefully Sunday also. And I haven't actually ran any laps in the the cup car on uh, Darlington, so I'll have to see how that goes. All right, very good. My final thoughts. Uh, wow, I think I got my internet finally figured out. I had three races I got disconnected from, and so I had to make a change, and I did, and it was a good change. And so even though that router supports uh, being a dummy modem and what's called IP pass-through, uh, apparently doesn't work very well uh, with the drops. So I made the change. It's been great ever since. Uh, not even a single drop, not even once, even when I'm working. So I feel like it's fixed. Now the video problems. Um, after the race where I lost my fourth monitor, I fixed it by wiggling the cables. And somebody told me, hey, the cables go bad after a while and maybe you need new cables. And I think that's what it is. I think that's the nail on the head. Um, with the off week coming up uh, next week uh, for the all-star race, I think I'm going to take the rig apart and fix my my sagging left side and uh, rewire everything and maybe even buy new wires. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.